0: Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the Senior Pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. All right, let's get started today. Last week, we started with an amazing Christmas series, and because... Christmas is so sharp this year because we came back so late. It's kind of an abbreviated Christmas series. So it's only two parts. <laughs> because next week is Christmas is over, right? We'll be actually talking about the new year. So in a few days, you'll be celebrating Christmas. And today I want to talk to you about Unboxed, right? Last week we talked about the unplanned things that come into our life. You know, we talked about our life through the lens of how Mary and Joseph reacted to a certain unplanned situation that occurred in their life. They didn't plan for this miracle that we talk about every single year at Christmas. They didn't plan for that. They planned their own lives. And God's plan intersected with their plan and disrupted what they had planned for their life. And so so often in our life, it seems like sometimes God interrupts our plans. But here's the amazing thought. God always intersects our lives with his plans but it always takes us to a better place if we jump on board to what God has in store for us and so ultimately the amazing story of Christmas is this that God the God of the universe the God that created everyone including you and me that he chose to come close he wasn't some distant God as the Jewish people worshipped you know back in the day if they wanted to worship God guess what they had to do they had to travel to jerusalem they had to offer sacrifices they had to go through all this routine and so anytime they wanted to get close to god they would have to travel to god in jerusalem but christmas is amazing because this is the significance of christmas god came close he was no longer off in heaven he no longer had you no longer had to travel miles and days to get to jerusalem You could meet God wherever you were. And that is the beauty of Christmas. That is the significance of Jesus. That God, the God of the universe, is now close to you and me. He drew close to us. And all of us have this amazing opportunity. And I don't want you to miss that because it's so significant. Sometimes we take it for granted in our current context because we think, you know, God's everywhere. We can worship Him. But that was not so for thousands of years. They had to travel long distances to encounter God. Don't miss that significant fact that God is close. He's right here with us. And so... God showed up to Joseph and Mary, you know, when they had this plan for their life, he, and He provided them with a much greater plan. And now they're both committed. Last week we saw how it disrupted Joseph's life. You saw how it disrupted Mary's life. There was a lot of angst and, you know, uncertainty involved in that. But when God shows up and confirms that His promise, now they're committed to God's plan. They've put their plan on the back burner, and they're moving ahead. They invested this Joseph that we see now, after God shows up to his life is a completely transformed Joseph. He's committed. He's no longer hesitant. He no longer knows uncertain about what his future holds. He's not questioning God. He's not questioning his relationship. He's not questioning whether things are going right in his life. He's fully committed. And so Luke shows us what happens next in the Christmas story in Luke chapter 2. And it says this, in those days in Caesarea, Caesar Augustus issued a decree That a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Crinus was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea. To Bethlehem, the town of David. Because he belonged to the house and the line of David. You know, Jesus came through that wonderful line. And Luke documents that for us because he wants us to understand the significance. And if you remember, God's promise to David was that he would sit on David's throne. So Luke tells us he has come through David's line. So Joseph and, and Mary, he went to register with Mary who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And so as you know, Joseph being part of David's line, he had to go to Bethlehem to register for this Roman census. And if you know anything about the journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem, it was about 100 kilometers. And to us in modern day, 100 kilometers is not much at all. You know, we could make that in a couple of hours, less than that if we drive you know, with any kind of enthusiasm. But from Nazareth to Bethlehem was a very rocky journey and it considered going uphill as yes, they traveled up to Bethlehem. And this would have been through rocky terrain and especially more difficult for a very pregnant Mary because she was about to give birth. And it would have been a long and difficult journey. It would have taken them approximately five days. You know what we can do in five days? I can travel around the world probably twice in five days. But it took them five days to travel 100 kilometers. Because it was difficult terrain. They had to travel slowly. And Mary was very pregnant. And so when they finally got there on this long, arduous journey, scriptures tell us that there was no room available. Luke once again says in chapter 2 verse 70, he says, And she gave birth to a firstborn son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Oftentimes you read in scripture or some parts that say there was no room at the inn. In fact, it was probably not an inn. It was actually a relative's house. Because again, David went back to his ancestral home in Bethlehem. And so he went to a relative's house. But because there were so many people traveling there, there was no room at that house. Jewish people would never stay at an inn with Gentiles because of the kosher atmosphere. And so there would be a lot of issues with Jewish people staying at a Gentile inn. They wouldn't have done that. And so we know that they went to a relative's house. And it says there was no room at that house because a lot of people had traveled from the line of David to Bethlehem. And so it was in a stable that the baby Jesus was born. And it was not some massive significant event to the townspeople of Bethlehem when we look at it with our eyes we can say wow this is a wonderful situation you know this was a great arrival of the savior of the world he is called wonderful counselor prince of peace the God of the universe but to those people in this town there was nothing significant about the birth of this child no one recognized that this birth this baby was going to be the savior of the world no one realized that this was God's plan to change the history of the world. This was just another baby being born in a small town. In fact, babies are being born in small towns and big cities all across the world. And it's not a major significant event except for the parents and the family. Babies are being born right now. You don't care about it. And so it's the same thing. No one cared. In fact, God showed up to shepherds in the middle of the wilderness, as they were tending their sheep, to tell them that something of significance was happening. There was wise men, known as magi, who studied the stars and prophecy, and they read through the ancient scriptures and the ancient Jewish scriptures, and they predicted and and realized that this time was going to be significant for the birth of a special child. And so they traveled. They met a king named Herod who realized that if this king was going to rise up, it would be a threat to him. So he wanted to devise a plan to destroy this child. But other than that, in that moment, in that time, in that second when baby Jesus was born, there was nothing significant that happened. No fireworks broke out. There was no band playing. There was no carols being sung to the birth of this child they didn't even realize how significant it was because they relegated them to the stable. There was no room for this precious child in any home. What was happening, we understand, was, of course, the census at the time. And so like in the first Christmas, our lives are filled with many things because they were busy trying to get their affairs in order to present themselves for a census. And so they were busy taking care of everything that was due, due in their life. And so in our life, sometimes we get to Christmas and we rush around, don't we? Trying to get presents and trying to take care of this and trying to take care of that. And we need to have the best food and we need to have our tree prepared. And we need to have presents for this person and that person. And we need to write our list. And, and maybe we are so busy, we miss the arrival of God in our midst. We don't catch on sometimes when He nudges us or whispers to us. Do we recognize Him when He speaks in the busy season of our life? And here's the beauty of Christmas and the challenge of Christmas. We're celebrating the arrival of Jesus, but oftentimes we don't make room for Jesus in our life. Because we're busy filling that season with things we need to get done and not pausing to hear from Him. Our lives are filled with planning things. And if you're like me, Christmas is when you get bombarded with catalogs and flyers. You go to your letterbox, there's a ton of stuff. I don't know if there's any trees left in the world after Christmas. Because there's tons of stuff that you get in your in your you know, your letterbox, and you can go through it, and you can sit there, and, you know, sometimes my wife brings them in, and oftentimes I just take them from the letterbox straight to the recycle. (laughs) But at Christmas time, they're there in the house, and I look through them, you know, and there's catalogs from everything you could possibly want, you know. There was a catalog that said, you need a new hedge trimmer. I was like, okay, and you need a new workbench in your shed. I'm like, that's great. I think I need a new workbench, but I also need a shed. So maybe I don't have a shed, so maybe I need a shed before I can get a workbench, you know. And maybe you need the latest gadget and the latest uh, iPhone or the latest Samsung and, you know, that watch that you need or that fancy hairdryer that does something that other hairdryers can do. And, you know, this is what you need in your life And, and all this stuff, you know. The bad thing about social media, you know what it is? Social media tells you what you don't have and what someone else does. Not just in your community, before it was just what happens in your neighbors, but now you can see what happens across the world. You can see what celebrities have and you don't have. You can see what people across the world in in different countries have, and you're thinking, well, they have that, I want this. And so now it's cool to get the stuff that's most high-tech. You know, it's not that the other stuff is bad. It's just that this is newer. It does something faster. It gets your emails 0.05 seconds faster than your old phone. You know, it takes a much better picture with a new camera. It's not that your old camera phone was bad, but this phone takes it with new angles and has different filters. And so that's what you need. And if you don't have this, you're not cool. So Christmas has become all of the stuff that we need in our life more than anything else. You know, let me tell you, a few young people, back in the day, this might be shocking to some of you, right? People kept things until they broke, (laughs) right? They didn't get rid of it because they wanted a new version of their old thing. There's nothing wrong with it. It's like, I just want a new phone, so I'm going to iPhone 12. I still have the 11, but there's nothing wrong with the 11, but I want the 12. You know, back in the day, people kept things till they broke. And then they did something ma- major. When they broke, guess what they did? They didn't throw it away. No, no, no. They fixed it, right? When things broke, they took it to someone to get it fixed. And then they used it again. And if then if it didn't work when it was tried to be fixed, then they bought a new one. They bought one when they needed one, not when they wanted one. Right? So often we buy things because we want them, not because we need them. And then even when they wanted something and they didn't have it, guess what they did? They improvised. They try to figure out stuff. I remember my grandfather working out things and fixing things and, and inventing things. I think invention happens when we actually are run out of stuff that we can use, so we have to come up with new ideas to try new things. Our brain works better. We're not consumer-based anymore. We're actually working towards productivity. And when we are thinking about consuming, we never actually grow because it's all about getting We don't contribute because it's all about getting something, you know. And here's the thing. If you are a Jesus follower, if you're a Christ follower, scriptures tell us over and over again, our priority is not to lean into the ideology of this world, but it's to lean into Jesus. It's to lean into what He came to do. And that is to have an amazing relationship with the God of the universe to provide us a way because he drew close and he wants us to draw close to him. But when our world consists of the accumulation of things and stuff that we think is going to make us happy, is there room for Jesus in our world? Or is he an afterthought? Is he something we just put aside and then we unbox at one time of the year and think about, oh, let's celebrate Jesus, but he's not the center of our celebration. The celebration is the center. He's just the cause for the celebration. Do we make room? Do we make time for him in our busy season? Do we need to just declutter our life just a little bit? Because we don't need another new phone. We don't need that new decoration for our tree. We don't need that new shed to put our stuff in that we don't need, that we might think about, we might need one time. And do we lean in and become sensitive to God and not to the stuff that we have in our world? Don't allow things to define you, but let God direct you. Don't allow everything in your life to make you feel of worth or value. Your value and your worth comes from Him, not from the culmination of things around you. Because the most expensive thing in God's universe is you. You know why? Because He paid a heavy price for you. And so the most expensive thing in God's world is you. What's the most expensive thing in your world? Is it him or is it the stuff that you have? What is more important? Is there room in our celebration for God to speak to us, to nudge us, to lead us in the direction in this season where we talk about him, where we celebrate him? Is there room in our world for Jesus to move us in the direction that he wants us to? when we sit down and celebrate with our family at Christmas, do you invite Christ in? Do you pause and say, let's think about the significance of our season. Let's reflect on what this really means. A few years ago, I saw a newspaper. It was a cover of a newspaper. It says, the real meaning of Christmas. And it was Santa Claus. (laughs) And that's what Everything around us says, because Santa Claus, guess what Santa does? Santa brings you presents. And that's what we all want, right? We want boxes under the tree that we can open up on Christmas Day. and Oh, look at this. And this is great. And we throw our old toy to the side because we have a nice new toy. And whether you're 10 or 50, you like new toys. It's just a bigger toy. (laughs) A new car, a new house, whatever it is. It's a bigger toy. When we celebrate the season, do we pause and invite him in? Is there a box under your tree that you unbox that says, this is about Jesus? We pause as we sit down to a meal with our family because this is about God. The one who gave us the privilege to sit and enjoy time with our family. Who made family. Who created us. Who gave us life and bread. Is there room at your table for Jesus? You know, Luke, I'll remind you again of that scripture, Luke 2 verse 7. It says this, And she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger. And here's a significant part. Because there was no guest room available for them. There was no room for Jesus in his own universe. There was no room for him in the world that he created. There was no room for him, even though he gave life and bread to every single creature. They relegated him to the animals. Because this was just another child that came into the world. And as we reflect this Christmas, as we unbox our life and our world and everything that we possess, and everything that we have, and everything that has come into our life from Him, do we have room for Him in our world? Have we made room? Is probably a most significant thought. Have we made room? Have we created space? Have we made time? Have we paused? Have we reflected? Have we thought about the significance of who He is and what he's done and why he's here is there room for jesus in your heart in your home and in your life i want you to reflect on that as we go into christmas and as always i want you to understand that jesus came to be portable what does that mean he means that you don't have to go to jerusalem anymore To connect with him. He's portable. He's with you all the time. That is the major difference. When Christ came, God was portable and his word is portable. And so as we move into Christmas, I want you to take something with you into Christmas this season. I want you to have a moment, if you will, if you could, if you want, to invite him into your gathering. As you sit this Christmas, maybe take out your scripture and read a couple of scriptures to remind your family that it's not about all the stuff that we have. The stuff that we have is because of Him. The gifts that you get is not because of Santa Claus. I'm sorry to burst your bubble kids. It's because God blessed us and we're able to provide you with good things. The reason we have a house over our head that other people in the world don't have or are not privileged to have is because of him. And so let's pause before we consume the food that he provided. Let's pause before we drink the drink that he's given us. Let's pause to enjoy the family that he's put into our life. And give a moment and a thought for him. Let's unbox the real significance of Christ in our family In our meetings and in our time so this Christmas as you gather with one person ten people a whole crowd of people whether they are Christ followers or not take a moment and bring Christ in because it's going to shine a light whether it's a short prayer whether it's saying hey let's remember why we're celebrating it's not Santa it's Jesus and so I want you to take something portable into your week. I tell you every week, do this. And I want you to come take your notes and take it into the week. It's not going to change your life if you don't take it with you. It's, you see, the Jewish people, they went to Jerusalem when they needed to worship, but then they'd go back and do the same thing. I don't want us to be as Christ followers, follow the same pattern as the old Jewish scriptures, because they you don't have to come to church every Sunday. Go. I came to church and now I'm okay. I'm going to go back and do what I want. No, Christ is portable, you take him with you. The word of God is portable, you take it with you. So if you don't have something that impacts you in the week, then you having a half an hour encounter on Sunday is not going to transform your life. Jesus has to be portable. He has to be taken with you. And he came to show you that he is portable because he is God with us. All the time in any situation, in any circumstance. So this week, if you have time, whether it's by yourself in your devotion or with your family, read Luke chapters 1 and 2. And as usual, I want you to ask yourself some questions. So remember, write this down on your phone, write it down in your notes, wherever you need to, to take it into your week, because this is what's going to help you lean into Christ a little bit more. So read Luke chapters 1 and 2 if you can. It's the story of Jesus' birth. And answer these two questions. Number one, how can you make room for Christ in your week? How can you make an intentional decision to make room for Christ in your week? Maybe it's taking an extra second to pause when you wake up this week and thank him. Maybe it's, as I said at the table, sitting down and, and reading a couple of scriptures to your family to show them that it's not about the stuff they got, but it's the significance of who Jesus is. Maybe it's late at night before you go to bed, spending a few moments thanking him. And number two, this is an action. How can you display his love to someone this week? How can you display his love to someone this week? Maybe it's just telling someone, Merry Christmas, Jesus loves you. Maybe that's all it is. And not stopping after Merry Christmas. You know, these days they don't even want to say Merry Christmas. They just take out Christ and put an X. (laughs) Don't put an X on my Jesus. (laughs) It's about Christ. Amen? So how can you display His love to someone this week? So carry that with you into the week as you build towards a great Christmas season and unbox Jesus. Amen? Amen. Let's stand. Let's pray together. Let's think about the fact that, you know, when Jesus arrived, there was no room for him. And let's think about how we can create room in our life, in our family, for Jesus and who he is now let's pray together heavenly father lord god almighty father i thank you i bless you i honor you and i worship you we acknowledge that you are god and you are the creator of this universe and we lift you up and we magnify you but lord, help us carry you wherever we go We don't want to come on Sunday and just encounter you and then depart from your presence. We want to continually be in your presence. The psalmist said in Psalm 91, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And we want to dwell in your presence every moment of every day. And we want to pass on that significance to those around us, whether it's our children whether it's our family, whether it's our co-workers, whoever we encounter this week, we pray that we'll be a light and a hope, especially in this season where many are left alone, feeling uncomfortable, when you are the comfort and source of hope to all. So we thank you, we honor you, and we bless you. We pray for your church. We pray for every single one that's gathered today. Would you bless them, encourage them? Let them know that you came to draw close into their life. To bless, encourage, and uplift them. We give you praise and thanks for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hello again, and thank you so much for listening. I really hope that message has encouraged you. Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.